the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Monday, and uh, Tim Lim's supposed to be here in a few moments. He's on his way, and he'll be joining us, but R.D. is here, and so is Paul. He's here, and a lot of stuff is going on. I'm just telling you, uh, if you have not been paying any attention over the weekend, let let me try to get you caught up on some of this stuff. Uh, First of all, uh, things can can, uh, continue to worsen uh, over in Ukraine. Of course, the uh, the Russians have over a hundred thousand troops. Uh, they're not taught. They're, they're they're on the they're on three borders. Is where they're at okay. on the Ukraine, which means are they going to come? You know, like from the north and the east and the west. Are they going to come from the west? Are they going to come from the east? Are they going to come from the north? Or are they going to come from all three at once? Nobody knows. Nobody has a clue what Putin's going to do. Putin's trying to put together the Soviet Union again. Mm. I hope everybody understands that. That's what he's really trying to do. He's trying to reconstitute uh, the old Soviet Union. Now, as far as I'm concerned, nothing is as good as the original. If you try to reconstitute uh, the Soviet Union, it'd be watered down just like reconstituted orange juice is when you make it uh, at home. But uh, this is what his plan is, and he's playing hard line on this. And uh, our president is not. He sends mis- mixed messages. He, when he did that press conference and he said, well, if, now, you know, it depends on what Putin does. If it's a minor incursion, I, I mean, I just, looked, just takes a few miles. I just, looked at the, I just looked at the TV. Look, it, it's an invasion if you come across. You know, six inches right. across somebody's border. It's it's an invasion. And uh, now, uh, if you hadn't heard, over the weekend, the president has mobilized additional Navy vessels uh, where we can fly fighter jets, of course. I mean, you got to understand about an aircraft carrier. An aircraft carrier is nothing more than a mobile runway. Well, it's a, it's a mobile uh, uh it's got over army base. Yeah, it's got it's base. got near ten thousand people on it. Wow, it's huge. Yes, it's, it's right? an air force base. Yeah, the marines are there, and uh, you know you get some special forces people, but you got a whole a whole air force sitting on the deck of that thing. So um, we moved uh, aircraft into the area now. We've moved uh, ships into that area over there now, and uh, then the president said yesterday 
he's putting 5,000 of our troops in Ukraine. Now, that's not a lot of people, but 10,000 on the other side. What that does is if the Russians do launch an attack and some American troops get killed, it gives the president all the leeway he needs to mobilize our European, you know, uh, military. Let me remind you, let me remind you, let me remind you what I said last week. I told you last week, world wars start in Europe. That's where they, they, that's (laughs) where they start. Okay. Just keep that in mind. I don't want to see it happen, but we've got a weak president and he's allowing it to happen. Yesterday, what happened over in the China Sea? The Chinese flew 39 jets past the shoreline of Taiwan. Fighter jets. Fighter. Let me remind that again to you. Fighter jets. Well, what better time to deal with the United States than if we're we've got a, a front going on with the with the Soviets? Sounds familiar. Does that sound like World War II again? It does sound like World War II again. So anyway, that's what you got going. Except that China wasn't, you know, wasn't fighting as an ally at that point. Although we were helping them while they were trying to deter, uh, you know, Japanese aggression uh, over fighting Japan before. You better believe they were. Oh, it was bad over there. Canada was in it before we were. Yeah, Australia was in it before we were. But, But the bottom line is. We've got uh, you got some bad things happening over there in the uh, in in England or not England in uh, Europe right now. YouTube has declared John MacArthur MacArthur's speech or sermon Sunday as hate speech and took it down because he spoke out that uh, quote there is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY. That's it. God made man male and female. That is determined genetically. That is science. That is reality. Unquote. Later, uh, YouTube removed MacArthur's sermon from its platform and told conservative commentator Todd Starnes that MacArthur's video presentation was hate speech. Hmm. So it's come to America now. Science deniers. Did, have we not been talking about this, Sardi? Uh, oh, yeah. We'll have we not been about talking about this, time. Paul? It's insane. It was going to happen. It's nuts. And now, the, now it is happening. The lunatics are running the asylum. You, you better be aware of this, that uh, that uh, we said that this was happening. Now, now, this was YouTube. wasn't the government. You know, the government making those decisions in Canada. I don't think we're far from that. Well, I, I think part of the... You know, during this the last little special session at the state legislature, um, some of the things that they were that the legislators were um, kind of considering and, and hashing out was this idea of maybe kind of reining in some of this um, act, this political activity by these um, by these large corporations, and and in part, I think the reason why there's this shift among some of these rather conservative Republicans is because the line between private industry and government has been blurred. Corporatism is that's, well that, that, state that's been going on before 
the Gilded Age. All right. Well, yeah, by, they, by the way, HBO is going to be doing a, a show called The Gilded Age. And here's what it will be about. Robert Barron's. That's mm-hmm. what it'll be about. It'll be about how capitalism is the worst thing that has ever been unleashed on the world. It's coming because the names, the names that they're naming as I watch the, as I watch the, the promotions for it are uh, Rockefeller and Vanderbilt and Mm -hmm. Carnegie and all the rest of them, all great capitalists. And my wife says, well, I can see them doing something against the, the super rich. And I looked at my wife and I said, Linda, do you realize how far they brought our nation with the inventions that they came up with. They didn't force anything they had on anybody. They made everybody's life better. I, I thought the government built the railroad system and the government built the steel industry. When, and- when I was a kid, when I was a kid, subsidized both. you know, the cold, the cold war was going on when I was a kid. And I remember a propaganda film that I was shown that they showed over to the Soviets. And it was, well, you know, the Americans didn't bring forth the the telephone. It was this Russian scientist that brought forth the telephone. And all these great inventions that our country had come up with, suddenly it was the Soviets who who had had done it. But now, you know, Hillary Clinton or Obama, and I think... Half the Republicans now will say, well, if it wasn't for the federal government, we wouldn't have the economy that we have. The well, federal probably, government. I think it'd be less than half the Republicans, yeah, to be well, honest. I mean, that's probably it, true. We might actually have some freedoms. We might be wealthier. If it wasn't for <laughs> us, then then you wouldn't have all these things. If it wasn't for the government, but the government mm-hmm. is, is the source of prosperity so, and the future. Well, some, so, some as we know. Pros- it might be the source of some people's prosperity. Dr. Tim Lim. Yes. Has made his way <laughs> into the studio. Morning. Morning. You've Morning. been watching what's going on in Ukraine, sir? Sort of. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, it's, every, it's not like much, me, right? No, not like <laughs> you. <laughs> for, for people who don't know, I was, uh, I was in politics for about four years, yeah, and I, I kind of dipped out a little bit. Uh, January of last year, but I, I still keep ties with some people, and so I, I hear through the grapevine certain things, but the whole Ukraine thing is what people were talking about over the weekend, so you couldn't avoid it. Yeah, it is exactly what they were talking about. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, get the first one in. When we come back, Tom Cotton was on Maria Barcelona over the weekend. Fox, he did about a 17-minute interview, in fact. Whoa. I've broke it down into two pieces. First piece is about the Ukraine. I'm going to play that for you. He had a lot of important things to say. And then we'll uh, turn around and uh, play the second part probably in, after uh, the news at the bottom of the hour. And uh, he had things to say about China and domestically here in the United States. So something we were mentioning just before you walked in. You know who John MacArthur, the preacher, is mm-hmm. out there in California. YouTube took off his sermon over the weekend. Because he said, God made man and woman. You're either XX or XY. There's no such thing as transgender. That's exactly what he said. And they took it down, took it off the air. You can't watch it at all. All right, so we'll take a break. We've got a lot more to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about East End Towing. Uh, Dr. Tim Lemma is here. Artie Hopper from uh, Sunny's is here. Paul Calvert is here. He is an independent uh, businessman. And uh, we are going to continue talking about what's going on. Not only, 
Everybody thought everything was going to be about domestic policy, right, when Biden was elected. It's always, always international politics raises its ugly head. And now Biden's really showing. You don't think he was ready for the COVID thing? He's not ready for Russia. I'm just telling you. It's it's amateur hour in his administration right now. Is, is the teleprompter going to be ready for it? I don't know. East End Towing, don't forget about him. Anything that... Uh, you could be affected by that you need a tow they know what to do for you and they'll be happy to do it for you and get your car where you want it to go to not some lot somewhere but to be taken to a mechanic or or technician's business or whatever 501-888-8849 is the number 501-888-8849 when we come back it's our uh, junior senator, Tom Cotton, on Fox News from the weekend here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yes. All right, we're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, yesterday, our junior senator did a large interview on Fox oh, News with uh, Maria uh, Bartoloma, uh, and he talked about the Ukraine. I want to play this. You need to hear hear it. It's your junior citizen and hear what he has to say about, about all this thing. So let's... Uh, Let's turn it over to uh, Fox News here for a minute. I I had it recorded. I sent it over to Heidi. She did the editing, cut it down some. We'll talk about this as we hear it. Here is uh, uh, Senator uh, Tom Cotton. Are you expecting Russia to invade Ukraine? Well, Maria, Vladimir Putin has certainly set the conditions to invade. This is the most dangerous uh, time in Eastern Europe in years, maybe decades, to have a major war between two nation states. Um, I I think we should take a step back, though, and ask ourselves how we got here and why it matters. Vladimir Putin has said that he can't tolerate Ukraine joining NATO. That's a pretext. There's no plan for Ukraine to join NATO. Or that he can't accept large numbers of American combat troops in Ukraine. That's a pretext as well. We've never had large numbers of combat troops there, only a few trainers from time to time. What he really wants is to reassemble the greater Soviet Russia empire that he thinks it was a geopolitical catastrophe when it collapsed in the 1990s. And he wants to have uh, a non-democratic buffer zone so the Russian people can't look to places like Ukraine or Georgia and say if democracy works in those countries, why shouldn't it work in ours? That's why what Vladimir Putin has always wanted, though. So why is it that now he's put more than 100,000 troops on our border? And there, I think President Biden bears a lot of the blame. For a year, he's been appeasing Vladimir Putin. Uh, he gave him a very one-sided nuclear arms control treaty the very first month of his presidency. He removed sanctions from the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline from Russia to Germany, which his own party opposed. He really did nothing about the colonial pipeline hack. And then, of course, in August, Vladimir Putin, like the rest of the world, saw Joe Biden's debacle in Afghanistan. So that's why Vladimir Putin thinks the timing is right here and why this matters for the American people. It is very dangerous when you allow our adversaries like Russia and China and Iran to try to upend the status quo, and all we do is have strongly worded speeches or some mealy mouth sanctions. So if Vladimir Putin can get away with this in Ukraine, what does that say to Xi Jinping about what he can do in Taiwan, or what he can do to threaten our military positions in the Western Pacific, what he can do to continue to cheat on trade deals to take jobs and wealth away from this country? That's why the American people care about what happens in Eastern Europe, is because it emboldens and encourages our adversaries everywhere. If we 
we simply look the other way when Vladimir Putin might invade Ukraine. I, I want to get to China and the Taiwan potential in a moment, but let me stay on Eastern Europe for a moment, because not uh, sanctioning the Nord Stream 2 pipeline basically gave Europe this dependability on Russia. I mean, Germany now needs that gas from Russia. Will Germany stand in the way of stopping Russia from invading Ukraine? I'm afraid they might, Maria. This week, Germany has not only refused to provide Ukraine with anti-armor and anti-aircraft weapons, they're actually blocking other NATO countries from providing those weapons to Ukraine. Uh, this is in part because Germany is now so dependent on Russian gas. Look, Germany made extremely poor policy choices about energy over the last decade, shutting down all of its nuclear power plants, for instance. That made them even more dependent than they already were on Russian gas. Now, with the Nord Stream 2 pipeline going through the Baltic Sea, you're in a situation where Germany has secured its energy supply without taking into account the consequences they'll have on countries not only like Ukraine, but NATO allies like Poland. Russia is now going to be able to turn off the gas to those countries in the winter with no consequences for Germany. That means that the German government will be much less likely to take a firm stance against Russia. This is just another example in the long lines of bad decisions and appeasing decisions that the German government across two different administrations has made towards Russia. Well, what about the bad decisions we've made, frankly? I mean, we've got oil prices now back up to $86, $87 a barrel, uh, gasoline up 60% year over year, and we too, the United States, is depending on uh, oil from Russia because Joe Biden canceled yeah, the XL pipeline and, and move the priorities toward electric. Yeah, Maria, what's happened in Germany over the last 10 years is really a cautionary tale about what would happen in the United States if we implemented something like the Green New Deal. Because as you say, we've already reduced our energy independence. Uh, and therefore, we haven't been able to export more of our energy. What we should have been doing is producing even more oil and gas and turning some of that gas, for instance, into liquefied natural gas, which we could then export to Germany. So Germany would have a reliable energy source in the United States as opposed to depending on Russia. What about the timing? Do you think Putin is imminently going to invade or does he need more time uh, before invading uh, uh, Ukraine? What are your thoughts on timing? Maria, I think he could invade at any moment. Um, I, I think probably according to all the reports I've seen, he's probably maybe one to three weeks away from being fully prepared, having all the combat enabling troops that he needs, for instance. So say Medevac and Kazovac on the border. Uh, he may also want to wait a little bit later into the depths of winter when the ground is more fully frozen for ease of maneuver for tracked vehicles like armored personnel carriers and tanks. I don't think we can be complacent, though, and think that we have a week or two weeks or three weeks. This could happen at any moment. This is why it's so important mm. that we be clear about the kind of sanctions we would impose on Russia's oil and gas and mining and minerals uh, industries, how we'd cut them off from the international banking system, and that we all continue to try to provide the weapons that Ukraine needs to defend itself. And, and why would he say it depends on what kind of incursion is it, it is? If it's a minor incursion, the U.S. might act differently. Are his, are his intelligence uh, staff telling him this? Was this a conversation he had with Putin? I have no idea what Joe Biden would say something like that in public. I mean, it could be a, a blunder of historic proportions, much like when Dean Acheson said that uh, our security perimeter didn't include South Korea and a short time after North Korea invaded South Korea in 1950. Um, there's a reason why Joe Biden went out and cleaned that up the next day, why so many of his underlings tried to clean it up over the next 24 hours. But unfortunately, Vladimir Putin saw what the rest of the world saw. When Joe Biden was speaking off the cuff, spontaneously, he said that a minor incursion might divide NATO and might make a response harder. 
when Joe Biden was speaking off talking points or when his press secretary was speaking, it was a different tune. But I, I think Vladimir Putin mm. knows what Joe Biden really thinks. It's when he's speaking spontaneously. There you go. Pretty interesting. There's there's another half of this coming up after we get back after news at the bottom of the hour. But uh, I think Senator Cotton being very, very clear about where Biden has left us at right now. Not a good position. That's a really good. He did a really good job. It was a very concise way of kind of explaining the situation. Yeah, that's right. what yeah. I say. Cotton has shown very much improvement on his interviews of being clear and concise and, and to the point. Yeah, I watched that live yesterday before I went to church. <laughs> I made, it made worship a little difficult for me because I had my mind elsewhere sometimes. He's been on several shows lately. Yes, he has. But one thing he said about Biden, he says that that uh, Putin knows what Biden's thinking whenever he's speaking spontaneously. Yep. Well, one thing we know is when he's speaking spontaneously, he's not thinking at all. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Well, he's, not, he's not thinking about what kind of effect his words will have exactly he doesn't have a that. clear directive yeah absolutely well he of course he's got you know i was re- listening to uh, a segment about biden's administration he's got people uh, on his administration that have been with him since he was elected uh to uh, congress oh my gosh since the 70s yeah he's very very loyal to those people and uh, you know as far as that, Maybe that's, that that's concerned Maybe all right pictures all right we got to come back and pick this up. Dr. Tim Lim is here. R.D. Hopper is here. He's from Sunny's Auto. He owns it. And I bring him on just for small business perspective. And then for a micro vision of business, I've got Paul Calford. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about uh, David Lucas. David Lucas wants you to know if you're looking into gold and silver, like a lot of people are, because you're hoping uh, that that can help you protect your assets, those IRAs, 401ks, and your hard-earned uh, savings. I got my savings in a mattress right now. No, I don't. It's in a coffee can. Uh, by calling 501-222-3315. Why you would have your money in a savings account in a bank, I don't know. Because it's losing money. With 7% inflation and interest being probably about maybe, what, 2.5% if it's that. You're losing almost five percent of your of your dollar all the time. It's no, you don't want to. I'm just saying, be aware. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> all right. So you got uh, David Lucas Financial having these classes now, where you can learn about investing in gold and silver. You have to call five zero one two 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 thirty three fifteen. They work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get the direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. Call 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. So we played the first half of uh, Senator Tom Cotton's interview with Maria Bartoloma uh, from Fox News, uh, from uh, Maria, and I think it's called Business News that they air on Sundays. And uh, I sent it to Heidi, had her cut it up into two pieces. So the second piece, first piece was all about Russia. Second piece starts off about China, gets into domestic issues as well. So let's hear that right now. Do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make 
the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. I think it needs to be, be illegitimate. President Biden questioning the legitimacy of the upcoming midterm elections. According to Rasmussen's daily presidential tracking poll, Biden's approval rating tumbled to a new record low of 20 percent following that solo press conference this week. Just the second press conference of his administration. I am back with Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton. And Senator, so now I guess it's OK to question the legitimacy of an election. Now we can. Yeah, Maria, I think you and I are both old enough that we can remember when you question very risky, dangerous practices that were put in place in 2020, that it was an insurrection and endangering democracy. Um, what Joe Biden is complaining, though, is not about restrictions on the right to vote. States have not restricted the right to vote. They made it easier to vote in many cases, but just harder to cheat. He is simply trying to cover up for what I think is going to be a disastrous election for his party because of his failed policies and rising inflation, rising crime, and a chaotic southern border. Uh, he's trying to find excuses in advance for why they're about to be uh, beaten very badly at the polls in November. Will they be able to get their voting bills through at this point, or is that dead? And what about the rest of the agenda? Are they going to come back and try to get through some kind of a massive spending plan uh, at some point in the next couple of months? No, Maria, they're not going to pass these election takeover bills. Um, we were able to defeat them last week uh, with all 50 Republicans united and Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin standing up to the radicals in their own party, even though they sponsor the bills, refusing to break the rules of the Senate to change the rules of the Senate. So I suspect they will come back to their massive $5 trillion spending bill. Joe Manchin uh, said he couldn't support it in its current form last month. Um, but I think they're going to try to take another run at hundreds of billions of dollars of spending on climate change and green energy. And as we discussed earlier, that could have devastating effects not only for jobs and prosperity in our country, but also for our energy independence. Uh, and also, uh, it's going to have very negative effects on inflation, which is where they should be focusing. I mean, the Biden administration is suffering right now in part because they're not focusing on Americans' priorities, like getting inflation under control or getting shelves restocked, stopping the crime that we see in so many cities and getting our southern border under control. That's where Congress should be focusing. Yeah, and I spoke with one CEO yesterday who told me that the chip shortage got worse at the end of last year, and we are going to have a very tough year in terms of the supply uh, shortage and the disruptions that we're seeing uh, there are some people now expecting a recession because of all of these issues. I know that the Biden administration is trying to push through new nominees, and he is nominating Sarah Bloom Raskin as the head overseer of banks, and he's making climate change. She wants to make climate change a key priority for banking. Will she get through, do you think? Well, I hope not, and I hope that President Biden pulls back all of his nominees to the Federal Reserve because they've had a record of failure now for the last year in trying to keep inflation under control. But as you say, Sarah uh, Bloom Raskin, or for that matter, Lil Brainerd, who at a, at a hearing in Congress wouldn't even answer if she was a capitalist or a socialist. They're not going on the Federal Reserve to fulfill its core mission, which is a stable monetary supply to have stable prices and get inflation under control. They want to use the Federal Reserve to impose climate change policies on private businesses. Oftentimes, they're acting in concert with major Wall Street banks. Uh, you know, BlackRock, for instance, just sent out a letter to its CEOs and companies in which it invests, saying if you're not engaged in woke uh, policies in your company, we may disinvest. This is all really just a kind of domestic American version of the social credit store scores which the Chinese Communist Party imposes on its people. Government and big banks 
working together to try to enforce woke social and economic policies on private businesses. Well, it's actually quite extraordinary. You mentioned BlackRock. They are perfectly fine operating in China. Uh, They've told their investors to up their investments in Chinese companies by three times, and yet they are attacking American companies for fossil fuels. Last time I checked, China was the biggest polluter in the world. I've got to get your take on China. Moments ago, you said, you know, what will this Ukraine situation mean for Xi Jinping as he eyes uh, Taiwan? When do you expect China to invade Taiwan? Well, I think Xi Jinping believes today that his military is capable of of invading Taiwan. They can execute that operation if he gives the order, if America doesn't come to its support. Now, there are reasons why he might not do that imminently, like the Winter Olympics that are coming up, um, or the Party Congress later this year, in which the Chinese Communist Party will give him a unprecedented third term, uh, third five-year term in power. Uh, But after that, I think when the geopolitical conditions are right, maybe when the light and weather data is suitable in the Taiwan Strait, if especially Vladimir Putin pulls off an invasion of Ukraine, you could see Xi Jinping go for the jugular in Taiwan. That's why it's so important that we stand by our commitments around the world and that we be especially clear that we will come to Taiwan's support to defend its democracy and its autonomy. And real quick before you go, Senator, you were among the few who wanted a total boycott, not just a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Olympics. We're about to talk with Ennis Freedom coming up. Do you worry that our athletes are going to be under... Uh, a pressure in any way. Gordon Chang said that the CCP is going to try to get their DNA. What are our athletes about to face? Yeah, very much so, Maria. Last summer, I asked the Biden administration their plan to protect our athletes and coaches and staff from things like DNA harvesting under the guise of coronavirus testing, for instance, or around-the-clock electronic surveillance, or just outright arbitrary detention and hostage taking. The Biden administration had no answer for that. So a couple months ago, I called for a complete and total boycott. As these Olympics approach, my fears are growing. You know, China is requiring all persons coming to the country for the Olympics to download an app on their phone, which has all kinds of back doors to it. They recently arbitrarily arrested and detained one of their own most famous tennis players. If they'll do that to one of their own tennis players, what do you think they'll do to an American athlete, especially if that American athlete of speaks up for on behalf of, say, Tibetans or Hong Kongers or Thai one. I think it's very dangerous to send our athletes and coaches there. These Olympics should be postponed anyway because of the coronavirus raging across China. That happened in Tokyo Olympics. It's a much, much smaller set of Olympics. These can be rebed and conducted a year from now. There you go. Pretty, I think, a very good interview with our junior senator from here in Arkansas, Tom Cotton, covered a whole plethora things there going to the olympics uh just for a moment big uh, article coming out yesterday this from the rap which is a uh, a magazine uh, internet magazine dealing with uh, geopolitical things nbc has now said they won't send announcers and most hosts to beijing for the winter olympic coverage I think ESPN also said they wouldn't. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, who's? Did they give reasons? Well, of course. You know, they're, they're scared of what China's going to do oh, over they, there. They don't want their throats cut. They don't want to be there in case the bad becomes worse. I'm trying to think. Uh, who is the, uh, the sportscaster? He's the little guy, small guy, that does baseball most of the time. Trying to think of his name right now, and I can't. And... He came out and attacked the IOC about having these Olympics in China yesterday. And I, I just for the life of me can't think of his his name right now. And uh, 
you know, he's right. We, sh- you, you know, IOC should have never given the Olympics to China. It's it's like when they gave the Olympics to Adolf Hitler <laughs> before World War II, so that he could go out and spread all of his propaganda about fascism. Money talks. Well, that's well. A lot of people have found out that just because you get to get to have the Olympics does not mean that it's going to bring all that money into that area that they have always said but, it does. But it is an opportunity for social engineering. Well, of course. It's, it's happened, it, it happens a, a lot. But, it, yeah, it, does it bring just – it, it, Gosh, see, I got, I got all these names bouncing around in my head now that are sportscasters. <laughs> Bob Costas, thank you very much. Thank you to my subconscious mind. It was Bob Costas who made the uh, statement. On, on yesterday that uh, he found uh, what the IOC did, you know, was just ridiculous. And, and I agree with him. And you know that things are going sideways when the big time, and Bob Costas is big time liberal, mm. uh, suddenly are coming out and attacking the IOC. I wish they would come up with maybe two places that they have the Summer Olympics for one place, and then they have the Winter Olympics somewhere else. There was something that I didn't hear Tom Cotton mention, and he probably did yesterday, and I didn't catch it because it wasn't part of the two sound bites. Right. Is I think starting today, they're requiring that people uh, truckers coming in from the southern and northern borders be vaccinated, proof of vaccination, to come in. Oh, okay. And that's going to mess up the supply chain even more even worse. than yeah. it is here. Because just taking, we don't know what the statistics are for Canada and uh, Mexico, but if it's Equivalent to ours, we're looking at at least a third of the population. So for the trucker, the trucking industry, that's a lot of people who either well, are they're not just gonna, they're just going to let eighteen year olds start driving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give them like what a hundred thousand dollars each. Yeah. They come, they've come already in. started. They've I started. They've already started. I can tell you. Look at the age of some of the FedEx drivers and UPS drivers. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know if you've been ran off the road lately by a FedEx truck, but I have. A FedEx truck is one thing. An 18-wheeler, well, you know, wheeling, you know. 80,000 pounds. Yeah, 80,000 pounds down the road is totally different. Yeah. I have a CDL's license. Mm. You should start driving again, dude. I've hauled it. I've hauled heavy railroad equipment, you know. I'm hearing hearing them on the air now saying that. 50% 50% of our drivers make $2,000 a week. Yeah. That's a lot of money, folks. If you want to work. So, yeah, yeah. If you want to work. Yeah. If you want to work. If you want to take the, do but, the, the driving. Uh, hey, That's you know, you can, you can get, you've already got health insurance and everything paid, you know, without working is the problem. Well, yeah, that is the problem. It's you, a people, serious problem. People used to go to work so they'd have insurance. You'd ask people. Well, why are you? Why do you and your husband both work? Yeah, I work a job. You know, one person in the family would work a job that had good health insurance, and another person in the would family would make work money. a job to make money, make but, extra money, to make yes. extra money. But now, you know, hey, you got health insurance one way or another. Yeah, I. There is so much happening right now. I mean, seriously, and, and I I don't believe that it is by mistake. I think that it's all happening the way it's happening to that it doesn't matter which way you turn. There's something bad that's happening. Well, it's uh, I don't know if your listeners know about like the Great Reset, 
with the uh, the World Economic Forum. If you want to look at the playbook of everything that's happening right now, it's there. I mean, they just had their meeting last week. The guy in charge of it, Klaus Schwab, he looks like a Bond villain. The way the way he dresses, the way he acts. So I do think that there's some. Does he put his little finger up? <laughs> yeah, he has the white. He has the white hat <laughs> while he sits in the chair. Bloomfield, yeah, Bloomfield, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, people should look that up because I mean they they say some stuff, and I mean it's not conspiracy theory. I mean they put all of their stuff out there on social media for you to look at their videos, everything like that. Most famously, they had um, there was a lady part of the World Economic Forum last week. She gave a talk where she said, "Well, the the good thing is that right now." The elites of the world through the forum have all gone together, and we all agree with each other. It's just trying to get the the peon to agree with the they, elites. They were up there. That, that was in was it Devos. Devos, yes. Yeah, where they had and uh, the person you're probably talking about is yelling. Mm-hmm. That was the big when she could. And I heard a person say, "Devos is where the millionaires go to talk to billionaires." About the middle class, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, boy, that's pretty much the the truth of the matter about about right. that. All right, right. we got to get another break in, and we'll have about uh, twelve minutes to have some you know conversation here. Uh, we've been playing this uh, the the Cotton interview, and I just thought it was well worth the time for you to hear it. All right, so I'm going to turn it to Doctor Tim Lim just for a moment because he used to teach. All right, and and he was just saying that he saw a complete difference between a group of people who came in one year and then the next year, and you got kind of like another generation suddenly flooding into thing. Reagan used to say freedom, it only takes one generation to lose it. And he was right. And you were kind of seeing that, were you not? Yeah. And I, I would argue that it's, it's a little bit worse than that. Cause I don't even think it's a generation. I think it's year by year. And part of it has to do with um, the influx of media. We all have information at our fingertips. So within a day, your perception can change depending on how persuasive certain people are. So the example I was giving right before we went live was when I would teach semester by semester. Um, Obviously, in the university system, you're privy to certain lingo and language before it becomes mainstream. So, for example, what's trending in a college campus tends to be percolated there before it makes it out into the world. And I remember distinctly that I, I always encourage people, like whenever I'm teaching like a class on um, critical thinking or because we, 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 what? <laughs> what, what? What's we, that? we have that as part of counseling <laughs> because you have to know how to think critically in order to understand your colleagues and each other. So one thing I avoid is I don't like language that's pervasive in um, society is almost like buzzwords. So, for example, uh, in movies nowadays, you always hear about oh, we want to promote strong, independent women, strong, independent women. And you'll notice they can't describe any character besides strong, independent woman. And I was like, you, you do have a thesaurus, right? You could say tough. You could say resilient. You could say um, self-reliant. I mean, like, pick it out. There's so many things you can say, but I get annoyed because I don't like the idea of people just learning these kind of catchphrases and going with them. So in the university system, that's where all you have these, like, istophobic, phobophobic, things going around. Right. And I remember that there was this word going around called ableist. And I thought, what does that mean? And so it's like, well, ableist is like, you know, you have people and they don't have any problems, quote unquote, but that's kind of discriminatory against people who might have them because you're making it like a problem. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I work in the field of hearing. You either have your hearing. You can either or hear you or you can't. Don't, or you're <laughs> deaf. So essentially you have yeah. three, you have three 
choices. You're either hearing, you're hard of hearing, or you're deaf. That's just the reality. And I just remember saying, like, hey, guys, like, there's this word going around where it's called ableism. And the reason why that's important to us is because when for, for the last at least 60 years, we've worked around the deaf community. Now, the deaf community, a lot of them choose to remain deaf, and that's fine. They sign with each other or they do um, forms of lip reading and things like that. But I said there will come a day when we are going to be on the receiving end of our profession because our goal is to help you hear better. But what happens when you have a word attached to it where it's like, no, I just don't disagree with you. You're an ableist because you're here to destroy my culture. And I'm like, we're not here to do that. My goal is you come to me and you have a hearing problem. I'm going to help you. No, that's ableism. So I remember teaching this class. Yeah, I remember, I remember teaching this class. And they're like, that's the craziest thing, Dr. Lim. And I was like, hey, you're, you're – yeah. Don't talk I'm to me. Just, like, I, I'm just saying. I'm just waving the flag. But, <laughs> so I had, to, I had to tell them this. Now, we had a summer break, and then the, the, the semester after that, the fall semester, I remember that the student was like, Dr. Lim, like, I have a question. Like, um, have we ever like, stopped to think about uh, the idea that maybe our interactions with people are ableist? That wasn't even like a five-month difference from the time I taught wow. one class of the year. They had already learned the language. And I just thought, I remember that that was an opportunity for me to say, like, you have to think critically. Like, don't just buy into this stuff because someone like your wacko university professor, and trust me, I had some, I had some colleagues who definitely uh, drank qualified. the Kool-Aid. They qualified for that. They would shoot, they would shoot themselves uh, uh, for the sake of that type of political correctness. I'm like, our job is to help people here. A doctor's job is to help people achieve a sense of, quote, unquote, normalcy health don't do not just get into this mindset that just because people have put new words to counteract old ideas that that's the direction you need to go so almost like normalizing um substandard right and so it's like you know if you're deaf that's that's a substandard it's not something you you want to achieve it's something you want to get over if if possible or or if you've got a bad leg or the same thing but it's going on with when they teach history and they teach crt or they teach 1619 all of that is false bs all right it's false bs well and then you see it even in culture you have like fat shaming where it's like healthy at every side no there's no such thing as healthy at every size Mm -hmm. you have an index of weight if if you're five foot tall and 400 pounds you are not healthy (laughs) correct typically one of the words that you started out with though that they're talking about the women right uh well, they don't even know what the definition of a woman is oh, anymore. Yeah. So you were talking about being critical and being precise. They don't even know what a woman is They can't is even anymore. define it for they themselves. Can't, no, yeah. they don't know what, what is a did, woman. Did you see what Matt Walsh on Dr. Phil the other day? Oh, that was, yeah. uh, that was... I watched it just because Matt was going to be on. Right. And when he looked at those transsexual guys and said, what is a woman? And they couldn't answer it. That, choke, that well, told you what the problem no, is. No, the scary thing is the answer. They they said, well, it, it whatever depends. You want. Whatever you want it to be. And then the audience clapped. Yes, and the and, audience uh, clapped for them. And I said, that you you can tell they're not thinking critically. No. Because Matt Walsh was correct. It's yes. like, you have to define it. Well, it's defined as whatever I want it to be. Yes, absolutely. You don't clap for that. That guy lost the argument. That's That was the answer that you don't give. All sure. right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to pick it up. we got more to talk about. There's been a lot going on. But that's why you come here, because we talk wow. about as much of it as we possibly can get in. All right, let's take a break. Then we'll uh, get the news, and then we'll come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tim Lim. Artie Hopper, Paul Calvert, join me this morning.
man, we got through that first hour fast. I'm just telling you, it was quick. And a great uh, interview with Maria Bartoloma from Fox News with uh, our junior senator, Tom Cotton. Our senior senior senator will be sitting here in the studio on uh, Wednesday at 735. So if you want to hear what John Bozeman has to say, you'll get your opportunity here on Wednesday. So know that on Wednesday, times are going to be a little bit different. Uh, typically, well, I won't say what it typically is because then you're going to have to remember what it's going to be. Uh, here's what's going to happen. 635, Congressman Hill will be with us. At 705, Congressman Westerman will be with us because they're always with us on Wednesday. And then at 735, because the senior senator is going to be here in state, he's coming by the studio to sit down and talk to us. So John Bozeman will be here. So it's going to be the Washington Connection on Mm -hmm. Wednesday for sure, all Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. to to hear what they have to say and and what's going on. So keep that in mind. Tomorrow, the uh, female power panel is in. That's always fun. Heather Beach sent me a picture of her and Robin Lindstrom from uh, this weekend. And, of course, everybody knows that Robin Lindstrom is who I gave conservative of the year to the last two years uh, at the uh, state capitol. And uh, uh, she sent a, a hi, Dave, uh, to me from up there in, in northwest uh, Arkansas. So good to have have her uh um, you know, listening in on what is going on in the show and, and keeping up on what's going on. Tonight, I'll be uh, at the Faulkner County Republican Party meeting. It's kind of screwed. No, it's not. Oh, the one in uh, in uh, Lono County is next Monday, right? I think, that's, I, think, I think it's next Monday. Okay. And I'm going to be there there for that one because I'm bringing I'm going to bring up a couple of things. They, they shouldn't have okayed me to be part of the, the, of, the <laughs> of, of the Republican committee there because here's here's what I want first and foremost I want a letter by the Republicans asking the mayor of uh, Cabot why we are not a uh, a pro life city. Mm. All we have to do is get. You know, the mayor and the city council you know, to, to say like a, yes. It seems like a pretty basic principle of, of well, government. Yeah, like well, they, they keep telling me that they're conservative. Well, we're going to find yeah. out. We're going to put that letter out. And then I think that the I think we need to put out, uh, we want to stop what's going on within the Cabot School District. There's things happening in the Cabot School District need to be stopped. But to do that, going to have to take a stand. Mm. Got to take, Right. Isn't that well, right, huh, well, uh, R.D.? This is why you wanted something. me there. That's exactly right. <laughs> you bet. R.D. and I have been talking about this for a long time because I said, they're not going to want to hear what I have to say, R.D. And he says, Dave, you've got to become part of the party. Well, you know, I think sometimes it's one of those things is that, you know, if if you don't stand up and say something, nobody will. Well, and, R.D. has so, been saying sorry, stuff. No, no, I'm just saying that sometimes, though, if if one of us doesn't do it, then nobody will do it, and I think that sometimes it's just we just got to do it. Yeah. You have to have a you have to have a majority in in most situations. You have to put together a coalition, and but sometimes some people it's will just follow the, good leadership. Right, but it, it 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 takes a group of people. You know, like the like you know the 
what do they call us? The the rabid Republicans? Yeah, they call us rabid but, but, Republicans. The rabid but Republicans. Some, but, I'm, I'm learning a bunch of new words. I'm reading talk <laughs> talk business now, so I'm learning new definitions about myself. Right, but some, Sounds some, like uh, a Cronenberg <laughs> film, doesn't it? Rabid. It's It's one of those things, though, that, that if you don't bring it up, a lot of times people will follow if, if you'll bring it up and help them think about things. And like, yeah, that really is the appropriate way to go. But sometimes it just takes one of us to stand up. Yeah. Well, it comes down to this, uh, Paul, at least as far as I'm concerned. See this here? Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's our platform. This little booklet's got our platform in it. Let me just read point number two. First one's the power of faith in God Almighty. Number two, the sanctity Of of life. Now, if we can't put a letter out to the mayor saying that, that Cabot can't, needs to be a pro-life city, then we're not even standing up for our own platform. The question is, is has this state sold out their sanctity of life for federal money, for schools, for federal money, for roads, for or, federal or, money, for health care? Have, have we put ourselves in a position where we do not have the autonomy to be able to make a decision without it being influenced by somebody else. Well, that's true. And I was just going to say, maybe it's just about a pat on the back. I mean, the governor didn't want to take up a sanctity of life issue in the special session because he didn't want any kind of press coverage going for that while he was trying to get through his huge tax cut. cut. So political career is more important. So I was talking about you know, billions of dollars. I'm just saying. Well, you're bringing- one, one thing you should bring up in regards to that is, interestingly enough, I think it was over the weekend, the Huffington Post put out a tweet where they said, like, this might be the last year that we get to celebrate, like, the whole Roe versus Wade thing. And that's the Huffington Post doing Did that. Did you see how big scared. the march was Sunday in, yes. in Washington, D.C., and, pro-life march? And or? that's one thing that I'm very happy has gained traction over the last, you know, dec- few decades yep. is that... It's grown bigger and bigger in terms of not the March for Life, but in terms of the pro-life um, consensus. They have done they have done immense groundwork from the grassroots level trying to persuade people. Well, they've seen that the pro-choice side is the emperor with no clothes. It is, and I think a lot of it was shown recently in a lot of those talks with the Supreme Court, where you had them saying things yeah. like, "Well, you know, it's the the fe- the fetus is not you know it's not viable," or blah blah blah, and then they just brought up all this evidence saying, "Look." Here's some stuff that was talked about during the, the original Roe v. Wade. A lot of the science that's come out now has shown that there's the viability of life at conception, showing that, and that's why they've had to move the goalposts. Yep. They, a lot of the people in the pro-choice movement, they don't even argue that it's not life. They just argue that it boils down to the choice. And, and they, they argue viability. Well, it can't live that young. Okay, well, it by, can't live outside. By its of, side. And I've always said, well, let me tell you what, once you give birth, that baby can't, can't live unless you take yeah. care of it. Exactly. Right. I mean, you got to wait till they're about 25. I mean, I mean, at some point. So, you haven't so, met my kids. <laughs> 32. And so, right. And so, so the reality is that, that almost none of us are really viable without a outside help. And so the, the reality is, okay, so maybe a 12-year-old could be viable, but a one-year-old isn't. Right. A newborn isn't. A five-year-old isn't. Right. Right. And so the, the reality is that that it, it's an absurd argument because the fact is the child will need help. Right? And that's the argument help. that happened at the Supreme Court was the whole viability thing. Viability it, thing. It's absurd. They threw it out. 
by the time that they had gotten done here in the arguments, the whole via- viability issue Argument. was shot down. Because when Brennan wrote about viability back when Roe v. Wade in the 70s, when Roe v. Wade was passed, it was six months, basically, is what he was talking well, He made it up out of whole cloth. He didn't make it up out of, of uh, uh, information right, that he got from doctors. He made it up. Right. Well, it, 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 it's absurd, though. Kind of like Sotomayor did this it, last it, It's a terrible argument. and uh, Just like... So some, sometimes some of the libertarians will you use the idea of well it's a it's a tenancy argument I can I can evict this baby the woman can evict the baby at any time well no that's not even a valid argument <laughs> evict reality, I like that you can't no, because, because the fact is the if you could evict them without killing them you might have an argument but right. but if you have to kill someone to evict them no I can't if if I'm let's, uh, let's, let's use an example if I'm out on my sailboat and I don't have a big enough sailboat for this but if I if I had a larger sailboat where someone could hide on board and I find them and I'm a thousand miles offshore in the o- in the ocean, I can't just throw them overboard, right? Even though they stole their way onto my boat, unless they're a, a serious threat to me, I can't just throw them over the board and kill them. Which is that would be a death sentence. I would be if I throw them overboard, they're going to drown. Um, I can't just do that. I might tie them up to, for my own safety, but I, I can't just kill them, right? And it, it goes into the the priority of things when you look at ethics. So, like that's a perfect example. Even our Bill of Rights are organized in a way where the they, they were not done haphazardly. The first thing in the um, in the First Amendment, you have the, the freedom of speech, and then Second Amendment is obviously the right to bear arms. That's arranged in a very specific way because you need the first in order to justify the second. But that's the reason why the two of them are really important at the top. Same thing goes with the argument of, well, ultimately what we're arguing is you don't care about the life. You care about the ability to choose, the right to choose. But the problem is that the right to life it is a very high principle. Right. And so my, my right to property is very high also. Like, I have the right to not have someone steal their way onto my boat. Correct. But, 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 just, but the right, the, even that criminal's right to life is higher than my right to property in right. that regard. Even though he violated my rights, he's going to be stealing my food for the next few days while I feed him right. <laughs> to, to keep him from dying while I take him back to shore. Correct. And um, but the thing is, I don't have a right to kill him just because he's he wanted a free ride across the ocean. I, I don't. I don't. It's, it, even though he violated my rights and he continues to violate my rights by being on my boat, I can't just kill him. Or the question and, is, and though, the is criminal, your principles for sale? Right. And the criminal is not even the same as the child. The child is totally innocent. Correct. Has the not criminal done is actually wrong. guilty. And I still can't kill him. Well, and even in that example, you also have the you you can take it even further. If someone breaks into your house. Mm-hmm. So your property is being violated, and for whatever reason, they want to break into your house, and the argument could be made, well, you shouldn't be able to shoot him then because he has a right to life. No, because your right to life supersedes his right, right be- to life. Because, because he's trespassed there. And, 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 and that situation is, is, is different because the, the, uh, the breaking and entering aspect, there's the, um, there's the um, kind of the um, – oh, what am I trying to get at? The – presupposition that he's there for nefarious reasons Correct. he's he's dangerous and it, that's that's it, it kind of it crosses the threshold into a different category because he's violated a, a, he's he's crossed a line he's broken mm. into your house now even then you need to be careful because it it, it may be that he's just someone who's who's um got some mental issues he's harmless he just came in the door mm. he, he he's confused you don't want to shoot your neighbor Right, because he's got Alzheimer's, and he just picked the wrong house. 
So you still need to be judicious there as well. Yeah. And so, but but the but there needs to be, I think, greater um, deference when someone is protecting their house. But but even then, though, we need to still be moral about that. I mean, we just don't just don't just shoot blindly. You might shoot one of your own kids. Mm-hmm. No, I shoot blindly <laughs> if I know they're coming through my door. Um, I'm going to just level my 12 gauge at it, and you've got to guess: is it going to be just buckshot? Is it going to be birdshot, or is it going to be a slug? <laughs> but when you, comes, don't want to catch, you don't want to catch either one of those. When it comes right. to all these issues, I think the Tenth Amendment comes into play also on the on the states. Well, not on the right to life, the right to life. Like you said, that's number one. That's way above the Tenth Amendment, but at least... It's the first thing in the Declaration, it, life, yeah. liberty. Because yeah. if you don't have life, you can't have any of the other things. That's yeah. exactly right. But the problem is... is the states have all sold out for money. Sure. The states have sold out, and the federal government sold out. So uh, the only the rabid Republicans were the ones that wanted to say that, hey, the way we look politically after the end of this session is not as important to saving lives. Right. And then the other Republicans that are the more politically correct ones didn't think so much. All right. Going to take a break. Mark Lowry, state representative, will be with us when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Guess who's coming to my house today? Me? It's not Sidney Portier. All right. He's not coming to dinner. Uh, no, we're going to have a PI roofing out today at 2 o'clock. Uh, there's a spot on the ceiling in my bedroom. We had a leak there. They fixed the leak, uh, but I didn't have them do anything after that. They're going to come out today, take a look at it, and see what it takes to to get rid of the stain that's there and the the dry wall that was partially you know destroyed because of the leak so pi roofing coming to my house they're the only people who work on this stuff around my house the best the professionals pi roofing 707-3551 is their number or you can get a hold of them on the internet coming up at piroofing.com keep in mind we got mark lowry next on the dave ellswick show all right, getting with us uh, is going to be Mark Lowry. He's a state representative. Mark, how you doing this morning? Good morning. How are you? We're doing fantastic. We had you on a few months ago, and you talked about running for Secretary of State. You've changed your mind. What are you going to do? Well, Dave, I have, I've been running for Secretary of State, traveling the state, talking about election integrity and uh, that need. But uh, as I traveled the state, of course, one of the most gratifying things I heard from a lot of uh, a lot of voters around the state is that they really wish that I was going to stay in, in the legislature, and I appreciate that. Uh, but I just feel like that this is a, a better way forward for me to stay involved in public service. Um, you know, with all with the seven percent inflation that uh, we're dealing with right now, fuel costs fifty percent higher than a year ago. More and more Arkansans are you know having difficulty uh, making ends meet. And uh, so I'm going to be talking to Arkansans about uh, the Office of Treasurer. Uh, mainly, you know, my concern is that, you know, we're still not, uh, as, con- as conservatives, pulling back on the size of government. It continues to grow and grow. Uh, and, I, and I think Arkansans are tired of hearing that they're having difficulty at the state of Arkansas is building up bigger and bigger surpluses and reserves. And uh, so I hope to be a voice to talk about fiscal restraint, 
uh, and also uh, just I think with my legislative experience, I believe legislators will allow me to have conversations with them if I'm treasurer about what we can do to, to leave more money in the pockets of our Kansans. Let uh, my listeners know what your view of the treasurer's position is. What what do you see is the main responsibility of being treasurer of the state of Arkansas? For the main responsibility of that office is to uh, carefully invest the money of, uh, of, of the people of Arkansas. Uh, usually that is going to include very uh, low risk, uh, but uh, typically low yield uh, investments and, and uh, results. But, uh, you know, they've had a great, they have a great team there in the treasurer's office of making investments. Uh, hopefully if I'm elected treasurer, uh, that same team, or at least uh, people will be able to find people that would do that. Uh, but protecting those those reserves and also investing them, uh, making them uh, grow for the for the state for the people. Uh, you know, being efficient in terms of uh, paying the warrants of the state. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a great staff there, as I've, I've already mentioned. But one of the other things I would want to be talking about, the Treasurer's Office also oversees the 529 program, which is a program where uh, parents, grandparents can invest uh, in uh, for educational expenses. So, for instance, when the child is born, all the family could then start putting money into that so that that money could be used for the later educational expenses not just college expenses, but also could be used if those folks uh, wanted to be able to uh, put their child in private school, uh, any kind of educational expense, or if they wanted to homeschool to cover those expenses. So I'm going to really... So is that, is that a tax, is that a tax um, shielded investment account, yeah. or how is that? Is it, it pre-tax, it is. or is yeah. it, if, I, if I wanted to, say if I wanted to put some money aside for my nephews or nieces, you know, would that I'm, be pre-tax? I'm not really exactly sure on that. I think uh, I think it is. It certainly is something that's very beneficial uh, to those who are investing in, into it, and then uh, uh, you know it's tax free when when they start pulling the money out uh, to be able to use for educational expenses. So, go ahead, real quickly. We got time for one more question. Okay. Hey, thanks for being on the show today. I. Do you think there's hope in this state if we were responsible with our taxpayers' state money to take some of the programs that de-incentivizes people to work, to cut back on some of our dependency on the federal government and, and some of our debtorness as far as the more money we get back than we pay in? Is there hope to, to uh, shrink that gap there? Well, I think that there is hope for us to do more in terms of uh, tax cuts, putting more money in the pockets of the people. You know, one of the things I was most uh, concerned about when we were in the legislature talking about tax cuts, uh, Representative John Payton, who's running for the Senate, had a proposal to increase to $8,000 the threshold on used cars before you have to start paying sales tax. And I think that, excellent that was bill. a very uh, excellent bill, but uh, uh, we weren't able to pass that bill. I believe the House maybe passed it, but the Senate did not. Uh, you know, ideas like that, I, I think uh, making sure we, we've got to keep government from growing. And I think we've really not done that. Uh, we've had a you know majority 
Republican House and Senate for a number of years under a Republican governor, and yet we've still allowed uh, dependency, as you mentioned it, more and more dependency on government to take care of people. And we need to do everything we can to incentivize people working, being productive citizens of the state of Arkansas. All right. Amen. State Representative Mark Lowry, thank you for your time running for state treasurer now. Where do people go to find out more about your campaign? They can go to www.voteonthemark.com. All right. Onthemark.com, and I'd love for them to reach out to me. All right, Mark. Thanks so much for your time. We got more of the Dave Ellswick Show coming up, but first, Bill O'Reilly has this for us. All right, let's remember about uh, this deal with health insurance and how you can save a bunch, a bunch of money, uh, but you got to call Pat Davis and talk to him. Talk Here, I'm going to give you some buzzwords, all right, that, that, that I'm talking here now using uh, terminology that should get your attention. Uh, ask him about these buzzwords, all right. Ask him about deductible busters, all right. What's that all about? need to ask him about that. You got to ask him about no copays. Say, what, how, how do you, I get around paying no copays? He'll explain how that works. You know, Pat's got some really good ideas, but you got to call, call him up, tell him what you got and let him show you what he can do. So you can see how he saves you 30 to 50% on your health insurance. Just call him, 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935, or visit him online, one word, yourhealthplanman.com. That's yourhealthplanman.com. That's Pat Davis. All right, let's move on and talk a little bit further. I want to talk about what has happened over the weekend. It was not a movement by the federal government of censorship. It was YouTube censorship. Over the weekend, in fact, I guess it was yesterday, uh, Pastor gets up and gives a... Uh, the MacArthur. Yeah, John MacArthur gave a uh, a, a sermon uh, at, uh, at his church about... Um, Scientifically, transsexual scientifically accurate and and said here's what he said let me uh, let me get this so that i can read it to you verbatim so you'll have it you're gonna love this one uh uh, on this okay where is it now i gotta find it and i've got i've got the got it now school choice Okay, Pennsylvania, NBC. Oh, NBC's not sending its announcers to the <coughs> to the Chinese uh, uh, Olympics, just so you'll know. Uh, anyway, MacArthur got in front of his church Sunday, and here's what he said. There is no such thing as transgender. You're either XX or you're XY. That's it. God made man male and then he made the female. That is determined genetically. That is uh, physiology. That is science. That is reality. And then uh, later, YouTube removed his sermon from its platform and told conservative commentator Todd Starnes that MacArthur's video presentation was, quote, hate speech. Unquote. 
Now, we've been talking about what's been going on in Canada for several years. Uh, there, the governor or the government will not allow you to preach in the pulpit about this stuff. And they term it hate speech. Uh, we haven't seen anything like that here in our country. And we still haven't seen the government do it. But now we're seeing the big uh, tech people doing it. And Houston the, is trying. You know, Houston, Texas is trying. Oh, yeah. The, the, the mayor down there tried to shut up uh, some of the, the pastors down there. And and wanted copies of their of their sermons, and they wouldn't give it to her. No, and maybe she maybe she needed to li- listen to them. Fayetteville, the city of Fayetteville, no, wanted to appoint gay. a a like a diversity officer who was like a a person that could that could be like the police that was, could look out for uh, people. A, a that speech were, czar, yes, uh, the people hmm. that was infringing uh, on other people's rights by speaking, you know, uh, truth. Well, I think this is just one of those things is we, we have allowed the the experts to do our thinking for us, and, and we've just gone generation after generation of that. And so it's we've gotten to the point where the these essentially nincompoops are, are college professors now, and they are um, they're teaching children. They're teaching kids uh, out of college, and we're telling the kids that these are your teachers you should you should believe what they say you should you should learn from them and these are people that that are hardly qualified to dig ditches and they're out there um teaching kids as if they are intellectually superior but, these, but they're one thing that they're also doing they're doing that but they're also teaching hate and i think this is what's biting biden in no the it can't be they're, they are trying the to only do, people who do hate are the conservatives no what are you but, talking about they are trying to divide this country by saying half of this country hates the other half because of what we believe in this country, we can be American, and we can have the choice of what we want to do in our bedrooms. We're not going to tell you what to do in your bedroom as Republicans, and you're going to tell us what we're going to teach our children. It is a free country. You can worship what you want to worship. You can do what you want to do, and we can all still be Americans and get along. But we have a president that wants to divide this country right now who come, like on january the 6th he could have come up and said hey we all need to come together we're all americans we need we really do need to accept each other and approve that some of us are different than others but i think people are getting re- tired of the hate rhetoric and the division rhetoric and people want to hear something positive that we actually can move forward and and still have freedom yeah, remember John MacArthur was the pastor who's in, he's in the San Diego area, I do believe, uh, that uh, spoke out against a lot of the COVID laws mm-hmm. that were passed in California, and he kept having services and mm-hmm. things. And so what the uh, the local government did is that he rented a large space across the street from his church mm-hmm. for additional parking. And that had never been a problem for decades, and all of a sudden, they wouldn't uh, wouldn't rent it to him any longer. So they didn't have enough parking. Supposedly, mm-hmm. they ended up parking up and down the streets and things of that <laughs> so, nature to go to it. But the bottom line, they were trying to to curtail him, and well, it did, it did not work. So my hat's off to the pastor. Well, I, it really is. I, I want to kind of pick you up back off of um, 
one of the things Artie Hopper was saying is that they're teaching hate. And the reality is they're, they're claiming that those of us who teach scientific truth, in other words, uh, in other words, males and females, they're, they're claiming that we're the ones who are hateful when in reality, they're the ones who are teaching hate. That's the way the, the, it's, the left projects it's everything right. they Psycholo- do. Psychological projection. And so the, the idea is you're, steal- you're stealing from somebody, but the reality is I'm stealing. And so I, I accuse you of doing what I'm doing, and it's, and it's, it, it's, it's not so, but it's, it's – it's, it's, You listen it's to the, the Democrats say how they are – they, uh, you know, they are trying to bring integrity to elections while the Republicans are destroying it and to try to keep you from voting. And in the last election, more people voted than have ever voted in the in the history of in elections in America. Uh, but but the thing is, though, that, that if if your moral principles are the conclusions rather than the, the rather than the principles to get you there, like, well, the conclusion must needs to be socialism. And so anything to get there. We can cheat. We can we can we can lie. We can steal. So long as we get there, that's okay. And that, that, if that's your if that is your goal, if, if that is the way you think, then then election integrity means we get the results we want. I wonder how much of this is going to backfire on a lot of these tech oligarchs because there it's clear that some people don't want to compete in the marketplace of ideas. That's right. And I find this to be probably the most concerning thing is that. I think in any different time, maybe a decade ago, I think there would be a lot more uproar simply because it's this idea that here in America, as part of your freedom of speech, you're allowed to say pretty atrocious things. But the idea is that if your opinions you feel and you know are valid and are backable by whatever it might be, uh, philosophical consistency scientific or, or scientific inch. facts, then you have nothing to worry about. I have no problem saying that, for example, there's a moon and the earth is round because – I can easily go up against someone else who can present the counter argument, and I feel confident. But if it. it doesn't meet the political thought of whomever has got a platform, right? They can take you off. They can take you off, and I think that, for example, you have in um, in Austria and Germany, you can't even sell copies of Mein Kampf, right? Because obviously of Hitler. And uh, when I was working in the university as a student liaison to European students. I would take them to Barnes & Noble, and they'd be shocked to see Mein Kampf on the stands. Now, you look over there, and granted, it's not a huge problem, but they've had a problem with the rise of legitimate neo-Nazis, not the people that the media here just calls Nazi because it's convenient, Uh but the rise of legitimate people. But you talk to some of them, and the reason why is they say, what are they scared of? Like, why are they scared to have this on the shelf so that we can learn for ourselves how bad this person was? You're obviously hiding something. It's like, no, the irony is it's come to bite them in in the rear because people are curious. They feel that if you are suppressing something, it's because there's a truth in there that needs to be told, whereas... I think here, for example, we don't have that problem because anyone can read Mein Kampf, anyone can read the writings of Hitler, anyone can see these documentaries on YouTube, and you can make the judgment for yourself that his philosophy is objectively wrong, and that in the marketplace of ideas, obviously, we've it, won out. It's, bank, it's bankrupt. It's it bankrupt, is, right. It's, it's also this, this idea of, well, you need a, a big brother or a big papa to tell you how to think and mm-hmm. what to think and have the information fed to you. You know... You do that with four-year-olds and six-year-olds and 10-year-olds. You know, we're supposed to be adults. The government is not our master. The government right. is supposed to be our servant. And the reality is that they, they have switched it on its head, and they're treating us like the child. 
instead of the. And, and, Why and they the, call it paternalism? Well, well it's it, it, it's in Thomas Sowell's book, um, the vision. He calls it the vision of the anointed, and it was very mm-hmm. prophetic because it was his idea that you do have these people. They're mostly college level ivory tower folks who have not really done anything except lived in this insular <laughs> um, community, and that. <laughs> Their view of how things should be, if they can make it into a position of power where they get to dictate, they've, they've, got, they've got this idea of grandioseness, and so it's, that's that's a that is a uh, I think it's a clinical form of um, uh, mental um, narcissism. Pro- yeah, I mean it, 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 it's a clinical. Um, I, I'm trying to think of where, where, where that's the word for politics. Right, right. Well, I mean it's it's, it's messed up. Mm-hmm. I mean it's, you're you're you you've got problems when you have this ideology. It's like it, it's this grandiose ideology. That well, you're just better than everybody else. You're mm. smarter than everybody else, and and you've got and, and college professors. Unfortunately, some of these ones who are just nut jobs, they have people paying them to teach kids, and they're they're called teacher, and they can't be gotten rid of. Yeah, okay. tenure, and, and, they have t- and, they, and they get tenure, and so you've got these people that aren't smart enough to teach kindergartners, aren't trustworthy enough to teach kindergartners, and yet they're teaching college prof- teaching as college professors. All right, got to take a break. When we come back. Yeah, we got about 10 minutes left, and we're going to talk about culture upstream again from politics. <laughs> we want to talk a little bit about that. We'll get uh, Tim Lim to help us lead that off, and we'll talk further on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about if you're looking to have a really good alarm or security system uh, at your home or at your business, you want some monitoring, you want cameras, that when you look at the the video from whether it's uh, a hard drive at your house or the cloud uh, that you want to be able to, you know, look at it and can tell who the person is that's on that video. Uh, you want to go with the folks with Billy Mac and ICU Protection LLC because they use cameras that are 1080p. That, that, that 1080p is like what you have from direct TV on your 65-inch television like my mine at my house when i'm watching you know uh bosch or something on uh amazon is this a it's 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 great you know clarity uh so you can you can see things or you want a uh, some form of a, a trip line that's done you know through uh the system itself and not you know you don't have to have a little light uh, things that are out there on your lawn that if you break the light, it suddenly tells you there's somebody out there. Uh, no, it it's the inside the camera itself, and you got a digital digital line there, and on top of it, they got the analytics that uses true detection, so it'll tell you if it's a person, an animal, or a car that's tripping uh, your security. You know, you can get the the set up on your windows, on your doors. If you want cameras, they can do it. And know this, you pay for the service, but you don't pay for the hardware. You pay for the service and not the hardware. Here's what you do. You call the folks at ICU Protection, 501-205-1333, 501-205-1333, and you talk about uh, with them coming out, looking at your house, uh, they'll tell you what they think you need so that you have good protection. If you want to have cameras, they'll tell you where you probably should place them. But alarm security monitoring, home or commercial, it is ICU Protection LLC. 
owned by Billy Mack, 501-205-1333. All right, let's finish it up uh, for a Monday. And there's a passionate discussion going on during the break. So, uh, Why do we allow abortion here in Arkansas? Yeah, well, we've got uh, laws in in place right now that if the Supreme Court says it's going to be deferred mm-hmm. back to the states like it was before Roe Abortion v. Wade, is that it will illegal. automatically becomes illegal. Well, I'm just saying, why wait? Why wait? I agree. Why wait? If we say that we're not going to be in abortions in the state of Arkansas, that it's illegal in the state of Arkansas, we believe in the Tenth Amendment, we have the right for this declaration, are we scared of the money that we'll not receive, or are we scared of tanks and guns which which of the two are we afraid of i i I think what's happened is that we've got legislators who have been snookered into believing that they cannot exercise their constitutional right to impeach bad prosecutors and bad judges this could have been done on the federal level as well congress could have been impeaching the bad judges who are who are um, voting in favor of roe v wade and uh, and other abortion cases that could have happened a long time ago if republicans had the nerve to do it it could have been done on the state level as well i believe but for some reason, they've got this kind of unholy alliance slash worship of the judicial branch, and they believe for some reason that they can't impeach judges for their unconstitutional rulings. It's right. hogwash. Anyway, here here's the key. Now I'm done, it, Randy. It, no, it, it, would, it has to go. It's going to have to go into the court system to be uh, adjudicated. And it, and it's and there right now. That's what's going to go. And right now, they're arguing over this exact point, and we're we're going to find out if we go back to pre Roe v. Wade in June. I don't think we should have to wait that long, but it's tradition mm-hmm. uh, the way that they typically do it. Now, oh. I wanted to move to Tim Lim because, oh, you know, boy. we're going to start off. We're going to start again. We're going to talk a little bit about culture being upstream from uh, the world of uh, politics. For you, R.D., I'll tell you that. The Handmaiden's Tale is a perfect example of culture being upstream from politics because they present their vision of what men want to do to women uh, when it comes, you know, they're supposed to just have kids and they can be forced to have children. Uh, And it's really their argument for abortion is what it is. So always keep in mind, you, you, you say, well, the government shouldn't be able to do that well the government is not trying to make that happen what they're trying to do is protect another individual here uh as far as when it comes to abortion at least in some places in this country tim i, I want to bring up a lot of people like star trek you know and 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 what gene roddenberry presented the future as being and i think gene roddenberry is a perfect example of a person who was really upstream from uh from our cult uh, you know as far as culture from our politics if you watch star trek or you've watched star trek whether in any of its interate inter iterations thank you that's the word i was looking for uh then you know that people don't make money people just work for the common good and on and on and on all right it's very socialistic when you watch it it's a neat story ever everybody (laughs) a lot of people almost say everybody that's too broad of impression a lot of people get their political viewpoint from watching that show would you agree yeah absolutely and not just that show they get from harry potter 
yeah. Handmaid's had the Handmaid's Tale. Um, a lot of different shows tend to dictate what people's political beliefs are. I mean, honestly, I think the probably the one show that did more damage to the modern political discourse for young people than any other was probably, and this is not a fictional show, even though it is a farce. But the Daily Show with John Stewart. Yep. When I was yep. in college, yep. uh, a lot of people got their political talking points from that show. And as part of a discourse on critical thinking, there's this thing called um, appeal to f- appeal to ridicule. It's a fallacy that people make where essentially that's that is it in a nutshell is if you can make fun of it, that means it's wrong. So just because like X, Y and Z person said something and you laughed at it doesn't mean that because it's farcical, it's necessarily incorrect. I'll say it started with Saturday Night Live. Yes and no. If you look at a lot of Saturday Night Live, especially like in the 90s during the Adam Sandler era with Chris Farley, ironically, they're all Republicans like. All those comedians had fairly conservative viewpoints, um, and I don't remember as a kid, at least during that era, I might be mistaken as far as like the previous era with like Chevy Chase, I don't remember it specifically being that bad. Okay. All right. It's just inter- I bring this up all the time because you have to get aware of it. You watch, you watch TV uh, a lot. All of us do. And you have to understand what they are feeding you. And Don't forget laughing. And we, yeah, laughing. And, and we Another forget example. that it's fiction. We, we've, Smothers we've, Brothers. We, we've, had polit- we've had a politician here in Arkansas when we were debating the, the gun rights issue. Well, it's going to be like the Wild West. Wild West was a fairy tale. The, you, the, the idea of, well, this guy's going to pull a gun out of his holster and, and shoot somebody from 100 yards in the face. I'm sorry. That does not I'm, I'm glad happen you, in real life. I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of those myths that people believe. Just because uh, we've romanticized the West mm-hmm. and the Wild West to be wild, like a lawless land. And don't get me wrong, it was lawless in the sense of there wasn't that many restrictions. But to have this kind of fantasy of just gunslingers walking around shooting people. Right. The, the, those those people exist, but they're, they're, they're just extremely, extremely rare. Yeah, It didn't happen, did it? No, it people, didn't. People tend to want... You know, law good, and order. Good people. Ask them in New York right now. All right, let's take a break for Chicago. Tim, thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Appreciate it. He's becoming a part of the power panel. RD, thank you. Paul, thank you. I'll see you tonight at the Republican Committee in Faulkner County. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 